At Closer Discipleship, we help others grow closer to God and to each other. We do that through Bible studies, leader training, teacher training, and just general discussions on the topic. We do all things discipleship on this Closer Look podcast. In the first lesson, we learned that walking by the Spirit is a mindset, and we learned how to do that and how to pray for power. I want to go more deeply into this week's lesson and go a little bit more through the verses to pull out some key points for those of us who may have been walking by the Spirit for a while, but just need a few course corrections and also want to talk about uh, what we do with those paradoxes of the Christian faith. So first of all, we saw in verse 6, that to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. So walking by the spirit is a mindset that will eventually lead to life and peace. But in contrast to that, walking by the flesh is to set your mind on the flesh and it will lead to death. And then verse 7 takes it a step further and says, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God or an enmity with God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. So from these two verses, we see that the spirit and the flesh are warring one another. And that if you have your mind set on one, it cannot be set on the other. And in fact, if your mind is set on the flesh, you cannot submit to God's laws. They are so opposed to one another, you cannot do both at the same time. So the Christian walk is a one or the other kind of thing. You're either walking by the flesh or you are walking by the spirit. That's the first thing that we need to see from those verses. The second thing we need to take a look at is in verse nine, which pulls out this difference between being in the flesh and uh, setting your mind on the flesh. We have these different prepositions. And verse 9 says, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. So Paul makes a very clear distinction here that the believers here he is speaking to, they are not in the flesh, but they are in the Spirit. And so if they are not in the flesh, the concept is then that they are, that unbelievers are, are the ones that are in the flesh. You can either be in the flesh or in the spirit. This one's talking more about identity rather than mindset. And just as you cannot set your mind on both things, you also cannot identify with both things. You're either in the spirit or you're in the flesh. You're either an unbeliever or you are a believer. You're either uh, dead to sin or you are dead to God. It's an either or one or the other. So we see that in verse seven and those prep or verse nine and those prepositions help us to see that and that's why we pulled it out. Now verse 10 is where we have this interesting concept of being dead in the body. 
So I'm going to talk about that in a second. But first it says, but if you are in the spirit, meaning that you are a believer, he is giving life to your bodies. So God, as we saw in the last teaching, he's leading us in a path of good works. He is going to illuminate our minds. The spirit within us is going to illuminate our minds to his presence, to opportunities that he gives us, to the wisdom that we need either for the moment or for the big decisions of life. The Holy Spirit is going to alert us to the works of the enemy and he is going to remind us of God's faithfulness when we doubt or are discouraged. So we want to be praying for those things. Verse 10 says this peculiar phrase that the body is dead. And the literal translation is the concept of the body dying off or being of death. And it makes me think of 724 where Paul says, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Our flesh is made up of all those carnal desires that this world has to offer. And so because of that, it is dying off. It is a body of death. So we need to put it aside and put on the works of the Spirit. And we have this promise that in doing so, He will give life to our mortal dying off bodies. We'll have life in eternity, but here and now he will give that life that is only of the spirit that will help us to walk and to do good and to be on fire for the Lord. So that is then what he is speaking of in verse 10, how we can actually rise above or supersede this body of death through walking by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you've been walking with Jesus for some time, you know that to be true. But there are probably some things that trip you up from time to time. Like verse 10 right there, you know, where it says that the body is dead because of sin. How can we be both dead and alive at the same time? You know, Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. So the Christian life is full of all kinds of paradoxes. So let's go through a few to just give us a reminder of these truths and then we'll talk about what it is that we are to focus on and how we can reconcile these paradoxes. All right, so the first one, you've probably heard both of these. Paul tells us that we are to delight in our weaknesses because then Christ's strength rests on us. But we are also, as he's teaching us, to live in the reality that we have a spirit and that spirit is a spirit of power, love, and self-control. So we are both to recognize that we are weak, but also that we are powerful and we are self-controlled. The second paradox is that we are to fight the good fight. We are to be zealous for good works, but yet, we are also, as Jesus tells us, to find our rest in him. Come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So there is this great work 
to be done and works that we're to be zealous for, and we are also to rest in the Lord at the same time. The third paradox is that we are to be both in the world, but not of the world. We are to engage the world, but not to conform to the world. So how can we be in it, but not of it? We engage it, but not conform it. But yet, where is that fine line? The fourth paradox is we are told that we are to be reasonable. We learned that in our Philippian study, reasonable with each other. But yet, we've learned that we are not to rely on reason when it comes to following the Lord. If that one's unclear to you, go to 2 Corinthians 2, 12 through 14 to see how Paul had to walk in a moment where what was reasonable was not what the Holy Spirit was calling him to. And speaking of 2 Corinthians, in verse 2.16, he says, We are both an aroma of death and an aroma of life. How can you be an aroma of death and an aroma of life? We are continually seeing that there are paradoxes in the Christian walk. And for me, God reconciled that through the story of Joseph. Not just Joseph in the Bible, but my own Joseph, my youngest. So when we were pregnant with Joseph. We were trying to figure out a name and neither John or I could come up with one. We knew it had to be a J because all of our kids had been J's and we are J's so we couldn't leave them out. So we knew it had to be a, a J. But there wasn't a name that really stuck with us. And I happened to be studying the life of Joseph and I came across the point where Joseph is restored to this life under Pharaoh's service and he's given a bride and they have two boys and he names these boys after his experience. He says, Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh for he said, God has made me forget all my hardship in all my father's house. The name of the second he called Ephraim for God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. And as I was studying that, God put this thought on my heart. He said, I'm a God of and. I'm going to make you forget hardships in your life and I'm going to make you fruitful in the place that I have put you. Just as I showed myself faithful to Joseph, I will show myself faithful to you and to all others who follow Jesus. And he put this thought of, I am the God of Joseph. I am the God of and. I can do both. I can do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And so it was this wonderful truth that God implanted in my heart. And so I had this thought of, wouldn't it be great to name our child Joseph? But I didn't want it to be of me. I wanted it to be of the Lord. So I just said, well, we could name Joseph. And I just left it at that. John wasn't sold at first. In fact, the entire few months of the end of our pregnancy, we just were like, we don't know, because um, he did not like that name. (laughs) And then the day of delivery came, and we still did not have a name picked. And right at the last second... John, after 
Joseph was born, he and the nurse came in and said, what's the name? He turned and looked at me and he goes, well, I guess the name is Joseph. And it was just God's little way of confirming that, yes, the thought that you had that I put on your heart, that was of me. I am the God of Joseph. I am the God who can do and, not or. And so I've kind of kept that with me throughout my um, experience. And I continually am reminded of that, that God is a God of and, not or. We often want to put him in a box and say, okay, God, or put him in our logical thinking and think like, I've got two choices here. Is it going to be this or that? I can't have both or even I can't do both or um, I don't see how both can happen and it's just not reasonable to ask for both and yet God says, no, I am a God of and. I can do both and that's not always true. That's of course only applicable in certain ways but I see that when it comes to these paradoxes that we're looking at. We are told that we can be both weak and strong in the Bible. We are told to fight and to rest. We are told to be in the world and not of it. To be reasonable with each other, but to not always follow reason when it comes to following the Holy Spirit. We're told to be both an aroma of life to life and of death to death. And so God is speaking this word of, I am the God of Joseph. I am the God of and. It is both of these. The key is to learn which one to focus on because we're finite creatures and it's really hard for us to focus on both. It's all about where we set our mind. And Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, 33, where to set our mind. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, meaning seek first the eternal things, as we saw from Colossians 3 a couple weeks ago. And all these things will be added to you. Did you catch it? And all these things will be added to you. Thinking of our paradoxes. We are weak in our flesh so that we can let the spirit be strong. Focus on your weakness and the spirit's strength. Focus on the eternal spirit who is strong within you. We have been given rest from striving for righteousness so that we can set our mind on eternal things and be zealous for good works. You know, you can't work for two things at once. You, we, we only have so much energy and we only have so much might. And so God restores us to this place of favor so that we might be free to do good works. We are left in the world so that we can be a light to the world. It's both. We are in the world and we are a light to the world. We have a purpose in the world. And that purpose is eternal. Ministers of reconciliation. And then last, you are to be known for your reasonableness so that when the Lord calls you to something illogical, others will follow. Now, those are my words, not the Lord's, but when I seek the Lord, I see that I am both to be called reasonable and I am to sometimes step into the illogical. 
I am both to be in the world and of it, to be zealous and to be at rest, to be um, spirit-filled, but also to recognize that I do have a flesh. I have a flesh pattern that will trip me up. So not to ignore it, but to set my focus on the Holy Spirit so that I can overcome it. So I want to end with verse 12. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. We don't have to live as slaves of the flesh, slaves of this world, but we can work for things that are eternal. You know, it doesn't matter if our children get on the honor roll or that they get an athletic scholarship to school. What matters is if we've raised them in the Lord and taught them how to seek Him and grow closer to Him. It doesn't matter if we climb a corporate ladder or are respected at work for our knowledge or our application of what we are doing. Rather, it's have we been a light? Have we been a beacon of truth? Have we been a beacon of love that people respect because of our quality of character, because we reflect the image of Christ? We are not debtors to the flesh, to all this world values. We are debtors to God. And it's not, we are not mat slaves, but we are like children who cry, Abba, Father. It's a much better relationship. You know, even if we don't have the best homes, we will have a heavenly home that will far outweigh I'll shine. The price tag will be much bigger and greater and shinier than anything that we can accumulate here on this earth. So don't be debtors to the flesh. Don't be debtors to this world. Put down what it is that we're valuing here that will fade away, that will not go with us to heaven, and work and so for those things that are eternal so that when we get there we will have something to lay at the feet of Jesus to say thank you we used our life for you by walking in the spirit and letting him lead so that we can go on this path of good works and do good in this world ladies the Christian walk is full of paradoxes and that is why we need to dig into his word and listen to his holy spirit and pray so that we can be lights in this world and that we can walk after jesus next time we'll see that our walk will sometimes lead us down paths of suffering but even there we can be victorious if you haven't already you can find our podcasts on spotify or apple podcasts i also hope you will check out our workbooks and resources on our website if you want to start a closer community there is a how-to guide on our website as well and of course if you need support or have any questions we are here for you check out our website at gracetoday.org closer We are all about equipping individuals through their local church to grow closer to God and to others through a closer look at their Bible 
and a closer look at discipleship.